Welcome back to the Global E-Commerce Tech Talks podcast, episode 23. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc. In today's episode, a preview to the Great Thought Leadership live in person on the stage at the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum happening April 21st in LA. I get a sneak peek. Preview chatting with June Van Heel, head of International Bala, Isabel Gaon, founder CEO of Rose Planet International Brand Management, and Nicole Granucci, Vice President of Product Marketing of Sitcom. Together with Gelf co-founder Kent Allen, they will be exploring where the best opportunities lie in APAC for e-commerce growth in 2022 and how global DTC leaders can succeed in China, Japan, and South Korea. For this episode, you'll learn a bit about each of them, hear two starts and one-stop advice for brands and retailers, and a hint of what they'll be talking about on the stage April 21 in LA. Let's listen in now. All right, we're looking forward to an amazing panel in LA, April 21st, and uh, we've got three amazing guests, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Nicole, kick us off. Tell us about a bit about yourself, and who you work for, and, and what the company does. Sure, thank you. My name is Nicole Granucci. I'm the head of product marketing at Sitcon, and Sitcon is a global payments gateway. We help businesses grow very fast by enabling merchants to accept the payment methods that the customers prefer no matter where they are. So essentially, we provide an easier, better way to pay and a better way to add more payments. Hi, my name is June Van Heel, and I am the head of international at Bala. And Bala is a brand uh, that's focused on making your workout equipment aesthetic. And so, you know, we're known for our bangles, which uh, are basically weight bracelets that you could put on or even anklet um, that you can put on your wrists or your ankles while you exercise. Um, and we've recently launched the Bala Beam, um, which is basically a weighted bar. Um, as well as many other products. And so, yeah, we're in the uh, fitness and wellness space. It's pretty neat. You've got some interesting investors behind you as well, right? Yeah. So we were featured on Shark Tank a couple years ago, and we've received investments from Mark Cuban and Maria Sharapova. So that was very exciting. Isabel, last but certainly not least, tell us about yourself. Thanks. Hi, everyone. My name is Isabel Gan. I'm a founder and CEO of Rose Planet International Brand Management Company. Uh, we specialize in building U.S. brands in the Chinese market. So we are exclusive marketing and distribution partners for brands that want to build China as a second home market. We provide a tanky solution for U.S. brands to enter and also expand. And uh, we are just like a uh, extended office from the brand um, to operate and uh, help the brand be successful in China. All right. So the panel is the uh, regional showcase Asia Pacific e-commerce strategies. Nicole, I'm going to pop back to you. And in this format, this kind of a teaser format for the podcast for the event coming up, two starts and one stop advice for the listeners about uh, based on your experience, what you're experiencing today. And, and you've got a great experience from retail and gap all the way through to visa. So you got a ton of experience, two starts, one stop. All right. Two starts. Uh, well, the first thing to start doing is that if you are a merchant in North America and you are not thinking about expanding your business into APAC and accepting forms of payment that APAC customers want to use, uh, you're going to miss out. Um, you can't ignore this market. So you've got to start preparing and planning for it now. The second start, uh, I would say, is as you look globally, 
it's very important to understand the barriers that are there and why your customers are abandoning their carts and you're faced with lots of chargebacks. So what's very important to think about is start, start thinking about how you can remove these barriers by moving forward with a partner that can help you facilitate more payments with easy integration and just one reconciliation. And Nicole, you said uh, off mic, you were talking about, what would you call it, a perfect storm of barriers. Tell us a little bit about that for a second. Sure. Uh, well, when you take a look at the barriers that are happening cross-border, um, there's no really one singular piece that's causing all the problems. They work together in this little symphony. Uh, the first piece is high cart abandonment. So we're seeing that 76% of merchants actually fail to sell due to a lack of a recognized payment method. So if you're going at checkout and you want to use the wallet that you like and it's not there, you very well may abandon that cart. And we're seeing that um, quite a bit. Um, hand in hand with that are low approval rates. So when we see these overseas credit card validation that happen with Western payment methods across APAC, particularly in Eastern Asia, what we're seeing is there's a great deal of fraud as uh, performers are trying to steal that information. So the approval rates are plummeting. Um, and then with that, high chargeback rates are happening due to that international payment fraud. So all of these barriers, along with language barriers, even at the at the checkout and the point of sale, are ways that merchants are um, trying to figure out how to get through. Because if you can't address each of these barriers, um, your 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 Western card methods just aren't going to get you that top line growth that you need to experience to scale. So. These are just four of the barriers that we face. And then many of our merchants also have nuances depending on the country that we're talking about. Sure. And, and is it fair to say that these barriers are higher or more prevalent than they were, let's say, pre-COVID or in the past? So is it, you know, this perfect storm? Many of what you described as things that have kind of been poking around e-commerce for a while, but it sounds like they're reaching a new, a new level, so to speak. Um, I think that the the pandemic was a bit of a tipping point for e-commerce in general. And with that, mm. the uh, fraud has just been prevalent right. and we've seen that really grow. So from that perspective, I do believe that the, you know, the fraud and the overseas card validation is definitely climbing. Uh, mm. But these other issues that I raised have been around for the while. And what's really raising them is the lift and shift of the population, the demand for Western products. Um, across people that live in all of these countries and the ability to pay, it's it's really causing, you know, that's what's causing the issue. So pandemic was part of it, but population growth, entering new segments, people demanding more convenience with the way that they pay are really tipping everything over the scales. All right. Two starts and you've given us some great background. What uh, What should the listeners think about not doing moving forward? Uh, I think that listeners should... Think about if you if you're a North America merchant and you are only allowing Western payment methods around the world. So you're thinking, you know what? Credit card is king. Everyone loves to use it. It seems to work. It's fine. You have to stop thinking that way because of all of the barriers that I just mentioned. But more importantly, because people all over the world are preferring digital wallets. They like their e-wallets. 
They like their localized payment methods. It's part of the culture. It's part of what they've grown up with. And as we start to look at these new segments with the millennials and the Zoomers buying more and more and coming into this affluent area, if if you don't recognize that you need to offer them the way to pay that they prefer, you're going to lose out. All right, Isabel, I'm going to move to you off mic. You were talking about uh, you know expectations about things like speed of delivery. You understand the market so well. Give us your two starts and one stop for the listeners. Sure. Thanks, Michael. Um, I will actually start with what uh, don't do. Um, a lot of U.S. brands, um, when hearing the growth stories in Asia Pacific and especially China, they wanted to, they're getting excited, but they're also thinking that if by just going to China, just doing what is like minimum required, there could be a surge of sales and eventually profit profitability. So that's, I think that that's a very short term view of the market. And the uh, don't do is stop thinking about China as a long term, short term, short term opportunity, but more of a long, have a long term perspective. Mm. And that is what do you don't do? But then once you have a long-term perspective and mm. commitment for the market, and then you are ready to evaluate what are the entry modes, that's best entry modes to go into the, go into the market. That's mm. what we, I think I suggest doing is one, um, treat the market as if it's a, another home market. What is successful here may not be always successful there, but all of the brand building, marketing, full marketing funnel will be very, very helpful for build a brand in a long term for long term success instead of just sell it for three years and then uh, have the brand equity um, uh, impacted. And then second thing that I think uh, I suggest people do is to also choose the best entry mode. And I I, I have worked with companies that has. Um, 10 billion or 20 billion dollars of revenue before and smaller companies have 25 or 50 million dollars of revenue before. But what I would suggest is that choose the entry mode that fit for your sites and definitely partner right. And, uh, don't just go alone by, by, by yourself, um, without a right partner, uh, in China right. market. Right on. Hey, a question for you. And I don't know if it's a fair question to ask, but when you say in for the long term, what, what should our expectations be? Is this, you know, two years, is three years, is five years, just to set expectations about how long it takes relative to a, a phrase like the long run? What's yeah. your idea? What's, 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 a good, what's a good outcome, so to speak? Good, the good long run would be three to five years instead of okay. one, uh, six months or a year. All right, June, vast experience. You're new to Bala, but vast experience in the market. 12 years, your last gig, and uh, I guess you're brought into Bala to help them uh, figure this market out. So from your perspective, two starts and one star. Yeah, so Bala is a newer brand and U.S.-based brand that's, you know, planning to expand internationally. And, uh, you know, my start would be if, if you're in the same position or similar position as Bala, um, make sure to focus on different regions uh, separately. So, you know, there's there's what works for Canada, there's what works for UK, Europe, and Asia Pacific, just completely separately, and the Middle East as well. And um, so that would be my one start is, is really mm-hmm. learn those different markets. 
And my second start um, kind of ties to what Isabel said, um, is don't be afraid to ask for help from the experts. And, you know, I say that because myself included, um, even though I have been doing this for a long time, the, it, the regions re- evolve and change so much, especially during a pandemic. And um, mm. it's important that you have an in-country or in-region expert helping you out, regardless of what model you tend you um, plan to approach. So um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get a distributor. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to open an office, but um, it really helps um, to learn the nuances from somebody who is there on the field because, you know, the difficulties, it's not just in the payment method. Um, there's difficulties in logistics. There's difficulties with local customer service. And there's just so much. So it, it really helps to get um, your experts to weigh in. My one stop would be, it's never been easier, in my opinion, to enter the international market despite these challenges because there are just so many tools and um platforms, et cetera, that make it able for everybody. So I would say, you know, don't not enter a market because of barriers to entry or failure, uh, fear of failure. Um, You know, people demand international brands. People really love American brands. And, um, you know, I think that you lose out because people are, um, you know, don't know how to enter markets or are unwilling. And, you know, it does take time to build a brand, but, um, you know, not doing so is, is more dangerous. So uh, those would be my two starts and a stop. Well, excellent. So speaking of listening to experts, we have three experts ready to put on a panel on April 21 at Guelph. So I'm going to ping it back for a couple of quick seconds to each of you. What are you going to be talking about at Gelf? So, Nicole, why don't we start with you for a couple of seconds, and uh, what are you going to be talking about on the stage? Sure. Uh, Well, really, I'd like to present on stage the lay of the land. So, this is really an overview of why global e-commerce growth is so important across APAC and some of the nuances for for the countries, particularly as we talk about Asia. And I'll also be talking a little bit about some of the insights around cross-border e-commerce growth, what the opportunity is, what the barriers are that many merchants face, and how essentially to overcome them um, and why it's so important to start thinking about what customers want and the ways that they want to pay. All right. Uh, Isabel, over to you. Sure. So I will talk about how we build Manduka uh, in China, uh, the success mm-hmm. story. Um, and also, I want to also talk about like three unspoken realities for cross-border for China, mm-hmm. uh, some of the misunderstandings. And then lastly, if we have time, we would, I would love to also talk about the new trends and, uh, um, and also changes over the pandemic um, the, for the e-commerce uh, landscape in China. All right, fantastic. Speaking to the unspoken, I love that. I'm going to sign up just to, just to hear that. June, bring us home. <laughs> June, bring us home. Talk about uh, what you'll be talking about on the stage. Yeah, so I think the big focus will be well because it is our return um, after COVID. Um, how the pandemic has really impacted international business and and really specifically in in doing business in APAC. And so you know, I'd love to discuss. Um, 
how things have changed um, per per region um, and per country. Um, also, would like to speak to uh, how brands work with distributors overseas and how to best communicate the brand um, in in the regions. Um, so, kind of um, stepping away from what we've been discussing for the last few minutes and and um, entering more into like the marketing and um, social aspects of doing business. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, June, Isabel, and Nicole, thanks so much for joining me on the Global E-Commerce Tech Talks podcast. What a great preview to your panel coming up. And uh, with that, I'll wish you safe travels, much success, and uh, thanks again for joining me. We look forward to getting the Gelf community back together again, live and in person after the long layoff since Gelf LA 20 in February 2020, Gelf's biggest and best West Coast gathering ever. Gelf LA 2022 will bring together leaders from retailers and brands selling direct to consumer. Top global consumer brands will join digital natives in the fashion and apparel world, health and beauty, consumer electronics, and other leading retail verticals for a full day of education, sharing, and networking. Digital commerce innovator, cross-border e-commerce experts, and global e-commerce thought leaders will debate how the echo boom in global DTC and cross-border e-commerce translates into many new revenue opportunities as the growth of retail e-commerce accelerates. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Please rate and review with a five-star rating and be sure to recommend to a friend or colleague in the retail and cross-border commerce industry. I'm Michael LeBlanc, founder and president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. Learn more about me on www.emmyleblanc.co and you can learn more about the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum and continue to keep up with the latest in cross-border commerce online at www.globalecommerceleadersforum.com. Safe travels, everyone. <laughs>